Meeting Church podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Amen. So let's keep rolling, church. We're we're in uh, Mark chapter six today. Mark chapter six, and uh, where we're at right now is is Jesus is a busy guy. Jesus is a really busy guy, but it's a good kind of busy. Jesus was very intentional. He is teaching, he is healing, he's discipling, uh, and he is just going from point to point. Uh, he's praying a lot. He, he takes time to get away to pray. He's, he's spending time with, with the Father, and then, and then he's back at it. He's teaching, he's healing, uh, he's, he's doing amazing things. He's also a disciple maker. He's discipling his 12 guys. Again, Jesus is so busy. And you know what? Studying the life of Jesus, taking a look at his, his practices and his rhythms, that really encourages me. That inspires me uh, to take a look at my own rhythms. I want to be like Jesus. I want to practice the ways of Jesus. I want to have the rhythms of Jesus. And I have so much uh, room to grow in this area of my life. Uh, so uh, we're in Mark chapter 6. We're going to take a look uh, at, um, at, at verse 30 down uh, to verse 44. And uh, let's, just, let's just get into it. So uh, here we go. Uh, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going. They had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of, of them. So, um, Let's just do a quick recap. Um, this sermon isn't related to what we did two weeks ago, uh, but uh, we're kind of bumping into that uh, that sermon two weeks ago. We we talked about Jesus calling his his disciples away uh, to rest. Uh, we we took a, a look at that. So uh, the the brief recap here is Jesus sent out his disciples two by two. He sent them out on a mission trip, and and he told them, uh, "Hey, go preach for repentance, do do miracles and healings, and and all of that." And and so the disciples they went out, they did this mission trip, and now they they come back, they huddle up with Jesus, and now they're they're hashing everything out, they're processing uh, with Jesus what it would be like to process life with Jesus. That, that would be amazing. And so uh, we have the disciple maker processing life and ministry with the disciples. That is awesome. I wish I could be there, right? But that's what's happening. Now, now they after they kind of get finished processing in their huddle, they're like, uh, Jesus is like, okay, hey, let's go away. Let's go to the wild place. Uh, you have to imagine the Sea of Galilee. Let's just say like we're right there on the shore. And Jesus is like right over there. Like we have to get in the boat and let's go over there. That wild place, there's like nobody around. Let's get away and take a break. Let's take a rest. And so they do that. They, they climb in the boat and, and they start to make their way to the wild place, the, the desolate place. All right, so you just have to see this now, 
Okay, um, they've been busy. All right, uh, a, key, a key here is uh, they had no leisure even to eat. No, no time even to, to just break away and get a snack. The disciples are tired. They're hungry. They're worn out. They're ready. They're ready for a good meal. They're ready to get away. And that's what they're doing with Jesus. But here's the thing. They're in the boat. And they're headed over to the wild place. And they look to the shoreline. They look on the, the, the coastal hills and, and what they see is a bunch of people running ahead. Okay? Running ahead. And they can already tell. Like, they can anticipate it. They're like, man, they're going to be here when we arrive to the other side here. Like, like when, we, when, we hit the, when we hit the shoreline, there's going to be more ministry to do. The people... They know who Jesus is. They know the disciples, and they ran ahead on foot. And you know, sometimes in our life and ministry, uh, ministry gets ahead of ourselves. We try to be strategic. We try to do organization. We try to put things uh, in, in, in the right alignment so that good ministry happens. But there's always a but sometimes. <laughs> uh, ministry can get ahead of ourselves. Ministry can get ahead of our strategies. And that's what happens here. I heard a football coach once say, uh, a game plan that can't be changed isn't a good game plan. And so the disciples, they have to practice some king, kingdom nimbleness here. Kingdom nimbleness. Look at verse 34. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And so they, they arrived to the shore, uh, and it says that Jesus went. Okay, Jesus is on the, mo the move. As, as I said, Jesus is a busy guy. Jesus was on the move so much in his ministry career. There is a going, there is a sending nature with Jesus. Jesus went. Jesus was on the move. And Jesus saw the crowds. Okay, Jesus has his eyes open. And if we want to be like Jesus, we want to have our eyes open. We want the vision that Jesus has. Then it says that Jesus had compassion for all these people. All these people. They're supposed to be getting away for a retreat. And there's just all these people. So many people there. But Jesus sees them and he has compassion for them. Jesus was stirred up. He actually felt it in his gut. Like, like he has a compassion for these, pers for these people. Uh, suffering alongside of another. That's what like compassion means. And the imagery that's given here is that Jesus sees these people and they're like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd. Now, I'm not a, a farmer, a sheep farmer, but I've heard that sheep are dumb. And I've also heard that they, they kind of stink. But, but you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're sheep. And, and sheep basically have like no defense mechanism. Like, like they're just these woolly animals, these sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. And really, this is us in a nutshell. We need a shepherd. We need 
direction. We need guidance. Jesus sees the people, and they're like sheep without a shepherd. It's a very vulnerable and dangerous spot to be if you are a sheep, a sheep without a shepherd. And so Jesus is then moved. He, he teaches them many things, Mark says. Jesus teaches them many things. People need to hear God's truth. Jesus teaches them probably about hope and, and love and grace and good news and, and, and yeah, hope and, and just, just all this good stuff. Like, like Jesus, I'm pretty sure, was, was teaching them about the good and beautiful life. Jesus was there, this master teacher, teaching with authority, teaching, bringing guidance to these sheep without a shepherd. You know, we need Jesus. We need Jesus to, to teach us. Still, through, through Scripture, the Spirit speaking through Scripture, Jesus speaking through Scripture, we need that guidance. We need that, that direction. And you know, the Christian life is warfare. And the Christian life is ongoing. There's always stuff to process. There's always ministry to do. There's celebrations and there's struggles and there's mixture. And we need Jesus. We need the Spirit there. We need ongoing uh, connection and we want to be in right alignment. We need revelations from God to keep us, to keep us where we need to be. We need Jesus' teaching. But here's the thing. Jesus is teaching for a while, or at least we assume it's a while. I'm not really sure how long Jesus actually taught but we run into some, some problems here. It's, it's late. Look at verse 35. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. So it's late, but they're also in the middle of nowhere. Okay, two problems. As, as pragmatic Americans, we can resonate with this. Okay, this is not an ideal ministry scenario. Middle of nowhere, just thousands of people, so many people, like, it's getting late, like, come on, Jesus, like, we got to make some decisions here, all right? Um, as Americans, in our, in our framework of how we think ministry should go, we think good ministry happens when we're in the right space and we're at the right time, okay? And there's nothing wrong with organization. Like, like we are committing to meeting online at 11 a.m. on Sundays at PMC uh, Beyond Online.Church, right? Like, we have organization. We have this set up. It is, it is organized. It is ready to go. You are here. You're on time. You're like, like, we are doing church right now. And that is totally okay. But here's the thing, you know, the Holy Spirit is not bound by time. The Holy Spirit is not bound by space. Spirit don't care if it's late or if we're in the wild place. And so they asked Jesus a question in verse 36. Send them away. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. This is logical. 
It's rational, right? Like no motels, no nobody is delivering out here. Like like there's not even a like there's no public bathrooms. Like 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 this this is just the wilds. Like what happens when you just have a thousand people and it's getting late and there's nowhere to go and there's no food? Like like Jesus, please dismiss them. Tell them for like for us for them like like really just hey let's just be real. Send them away, Jesus. That is what they're asking. But Jesus has something else in mind, okay? You almost just have to wonder if, like, if Jesus's eye, like, twinkled or, or like, if Jesus had, like, a, a little smile on his face. I'm not sure, but Jesus has something else in mind. Verse 37, he answered them, you give them something to eat. <laughs> now, put yourself in the disciples' shoes, all right? Right, we just kind of fleshed out and painted, painted the situation here. If Jesus said to you, like, you feed them, you do it. You, y'all get, get them something to eat. Like, honestly, I wonder if that would tick me off at first. <laughs> like, honestly, like based on the circumstances of that evening, all right, I almost wonder if that response would aggravate me. You know, I'm I, you know, if there's food to serve, count me in. If 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 there's like blankets to distribute, count me in. If I have to set up tents or grill hot dogs or like whatever the case may be, like if there's something to do, count me in. But the thing is, they're in the middle of nowhere. There's no food. They're they're empty-handed here. Or at least they think so. And Jesus is like, you feed them. You feed them. And the disciples, they, they push back. They push back. All right, they, they say, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? 200 Denarii. So a denarius, one denarius, is about a day's wage worth of money. Okay, so this is like, should we just go buy like thousands of dollars worth of, of bread? Like like what, like just a, a large amount, like, like a huge grocery bill? Should we just, like there's nothing around, but now they're like, well, I guess we should just go and, and find thousands of dollars worth of of bread, you know, they're, I, I feel like they're definitely pushing back on Jesus here. 200 denarii, I guess, I guess we'll just go, go and do this, you know. They're just shrugging their shoulders, like, I, I don't know. Verse 38, verse 38, Jesus then asks a counter question. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. Five loaves and two fish. All right, so this is like, this is a skim pickings. You know, they, they, they looked around and it's like, yeah, like, I don't know. We, we got some fish sticks and a bag of croutons, Jesus. Like, like I, I don't know. Like, yeah, what's like... It's, it's not much. Five loaves of bread and two fish, and there's thousands of people, okay? Probably just one or two of them could enjoy that snack. 
And he commanded all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. So Jesus now, Jesus takes charge, all right? And he organizes the crowd, this multitude, fifties and hundreds, fifties and hundreds. And you know, he, he has them sit down on green grass and you know 50s and hundreds 50s and hundreds and you know what they're reclining they're reclining on the green grass and here we have Jesus the good shepherd leading them to green pastures the fact that they were reclining it's just like indicating like like the the, the crowds were expecting something or uh, or like they were trusting in something there there was a there very much was like this sheep sense of confidence in the shepherd. It's getting late, but Jesus says, hey guys, you 50, sit down, green grass. So it's probably springtime in Galilee, and they recline. Now we have all these people hanging out, chilling, reclining, 50s and hundreds, 50s, and hundreds, but you know what? We're not anywhere closer to feeding them or sending them away or getting them shelter or whatever the case may be. It's like, okay, great, they're organized, but now what? But we're just going to keep watching the Good Shepherd. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus here. You know, sometimes in, in life, in ministry, we have a certain goal in mind, okay? We have a desired outcome that we're looking to to get accomplished. But then Holy Spirit, God, Father, Holy Spirit has something else in mind. And God sends us on a a detour. You know, God uh, God has, um, sometimes, yeah, we, we get stuff so set in stone, the strategy, the organization, the money is raised, uh, the, the letters have been sent out. Uh, the sermon is neatly polished. The, the uh, you know, just we get things so set and, and ready to go. But then God shows up and he has something else in mind. The disciples, what they had in mind, like this was scheduled retreat. They're supposed to be on rest and retreat. They were they were supposed to get away and and relax, but God has them on a detour. And it's it's a vital it's it's a vital lesson here that to, to learn how to be flexible in the kingdom of God. That sometimes the spirit step it definitely is like a dance, and you got to be ready to move and shake and do a little you know have a little bounce in your step. You got to be ready to be flexible and nimble and have that 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 kingdom agility that's what's going on here it's late five loaves of bread two fish people are organized in 50s and hundreds they're reclining on the green grass you know and and, and sometimes the things that we have going on like like this situation it's like man like we the disciples might be thinking like they have been backed into a corner. Like, Jesus, you did not help the situation. You just backed us more up into a corner. 
because now, now they're organized and now they're resting and they're waiting and, and they're re- reclining, right? Like, like, Jesus, what did you do? What did you do? We find ourselves in unusual circumstances sometimes. But again, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we, we have this thing called faith. And we look to Jesus. And we have this faith that it's like, Jesus, you know what you're doing. Now, Jesus, do what only you can do. We have this thing called faith. And sometimes in that unusual circumstance, when it seems like we're backed up in a corner, we just have to surrender our control, our release, our sense of, of what's going on. And, and we just say, Jesus, okay, Jesus, show up. Jesus, do it. Do what only you can do. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Jesus takes the bread, he breaks it, and he, he passes out the food. He has the disciples pass out the food. To be clear, yeah, the disciples were the one, the ones to distribute the food to the crowds. This, the disciples were doing it, and this miracle was happening. There was enough bread to keep going and going. There was enough fish to keep going and going. And you know what? Everyone had enough to eat. Jesus provided for this whole multitude. Everyone was satisfied by, by the meal. Jesus is a provider. And at the end, there was 12 baskets, 12 full baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. So in the end, now, now there's this abundance. You know, in, in Jewish tradition, the head of the Jewish family, uh, the head of the family would be the one to, to break the bread. And Colossians teaches us that Jesus is the firstborn over all of creation. Jesus is the head of the church, the head of the body. Jesus is the head of the human family. And here we go. It's like like big brother Jesus. Jesus, the perfect human. He is he's breaking bread. A blessing happens. And then he is the provider of the meal. And in Hebrew culture, the number 12 is very symbolic. It's considered a perfect number. It, it, it's, it's a reference to like being whole and, and, and complete. In Leviticus 24, in the ancient days of, of the tabernacle, uh, tabernacle worship, priests would, they would bake 12 loaves of bread each week. They would bake it on, on Friday with the finest flour, and then, then they would place the bread, these loaves of bread, uh, on the table of the presence. Sometimes it's called showbread. And at the end of each week, they would eat the old bread. They would consume it. Okay, New bread would be placed out. The priest would eat. 
the the old bread, uh, and uh, they would eat it on on the Sabbath. And and it's like the symbolic, the symbolic like it's like an object lesson, right? Like like these priests eating the bread uh, of the presence, and it's it's like they're having table fellowship with with God. The, the 12 represents the 12 tribes of, of Israel. Israel has fellowship with God. Israel is invited to the table of God. Mark tells us that 5,000 men were satisfied, plus there's women and children there too. So this is, this is the multitude, right? We can only just guess how many people actually were there. But everybody was fed, everybody was satisfied, and there was 12 baskets of leftovers. The traditional site of this, of this miracle story is called Tagba. And uh, this meal at Tagba, it really does echo the, the Last Supper in a way, where Jesus takes bread and he blesses it. And then he, he distributes and he said, you know, here, eat, take and eat, be filled, be sustained. The Last Supper uh, is what we reenact when we do communion. Jesus is the provider and sustainer of our life and faith and salvation. Uh, we remember his death and resurrection when we partake in communion. We are having table fellowship with Jesus. We are reclining at the table with Jesus. In John 6.35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is our sustainer. Jesus is our provider and he is so good at redeeming and repurposing and you know what he is so good at taking mundane everyday things little things and multiplying it for his kingdom purposes for his glory and so i ask you church what is your five and two fish what do you have naturally already going into in, in your life? Skills, resources, a smile. What is the many that God wants to multiply in your life? Do you know a, a smile, a note card, a, a compliment, a word of encouragement, a simple act of kindness? God can use these little things and, and multiply it for his will, for his purposes. Christ isn't a fashion that, that goes in and out of style. Christ is a lifestyle. And you know, all of us, as we follow Christ, we too, we are sent. We are sent. We're in this together. And as we walk with Jesus, that means learning to see how he sees. It means learning to crave kingdom vision, so that when we see needs, when we see opportunities, we can be stirred up with compassion and we can be motivated to action. And then we can pray and discern, hey, hey, Jesus, what's the next appropriate step here? Is it teaching? Is it serving? 
Is it cutting my neighbor's grass? It, you know, what's, what's going on here? Jesus, what do I need to do? What should my response be? God uses the little things in our life. And like a farmer broadcasting seed, like a farmer giving the seed away, God will, in his wisdom, he will multiply and bring the increase. Like a farmer giving seed away. When we give ourselves away, even if it's something small, but we're doing it for the glory of God, God can use that and multiply it. And here at the end, my last, my last point that stuck out to me uh, is, is the fact that the disciples uh, were the original tired and hungry ones, right? Okay? We got we to gotta keep our eyes on the disciples. They were the tired and hungry ones first, right? The disciples were learning a valuable lesson and what it means to be steadfast in the Lord. Learning to be steadfast, that is such a huge discipleship topic that all of us have work to do. Learning this, this discipleship item called confidence in God, being steadfast in God. And so for me, the feeding of the 5,000 is cool. But what I'm really drawn to in this story is actually the quiet lesson that happens behind the scenes. The quiet lesson that happens in the hearts of the disciples. Because what's, what's happening here is that they are learning God reliance. They were tired. They were hungry. But they saw Jesus work. They saw Jesus show up. It's the small turning of belief that happens inside of us when we learn how to rely on God, right? Like, don't underestimate that miracle, that, that, little, that little step of belief that happens inside of us. It might seem like a mini step that we make in belief, but God can multiply that. God can multiply the mini. God uses us. Even even in small amounts, just a little bit of faith, a little bit of belief, even if it is baby steps, God uses us and he can multiply who we are and what we are for the building of the kingdom and for the glory of his name. Amen. Amen.